Jeez, that's are gross. Hi. Hello there. We're keeping that one. Like, take seven. I, I blame hi, him. Hi, open one, Kenobi. Well, I, you know what? I do, too. You, you should. As you should. You should feel very ashamed. Thanks. I do every day of my life. Good. Feel shame. Yeah. Shame. Ding. Shame. Ding. Shame. All right. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> no. no. <coughs> shame on you. Ah. <laughs> that burnt me. That burnt me? Yes. Are you Ladies. sure about that? Yeah. Film Nerd Tower. We're reviewing the show. It's a good time. Lighthouse. Let's do it. Dear Lord. Smash um, cut. Smash cut. Eddie, are you listening to us? Freeze frame. I think he forgets that we're doing an audio show sometimes. You shut up. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the editor. Dear Lord. All right. Well, <laughs> we do have something special for you guys We do have today. something special. Um, and that would how be... Special is, how, how special is Noah? It is so special that, um... William Shatner shat. He's not in this film. He's not in the lighthouse. I know he's not. Now, um, so we are continuing from what we did last week. Uh, the follow-up, uh, uh, sophomore movie to The Witch by, um... <laughs> I'll look up his name. Robert Eggers. Yeah. Um, but it's just how you the lighthouse. S- yes, I'm sorry. It's just how you said it. Follow up to the witch. Uh, <laughs> Hello there, everyone. It's made by Robert Eggers. It's the lighthouse. No, we're too good at that. Why? No wonder my mom's concerned. Okay, so concerned. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> nice cast here. Nice, just shut up. Nice cast, <laughs> Mister Willem Dafoe. Which, interesting thing about Willem Dafoe, he's in this movie as Thomas Wake. Well, I also got to, are you going to name a, a William Dafoe fact as well? Because I have one as well. Is it the fact that his name sounds like a frog and a bird having a conversation? No. Willem. Dafoe! <laughs> still nervous. I can't take credit for that joke. It's from How I Met Your Mother, but still. What's that fact you have? Um... No, the fact that uh, if you watch Conan, his original name is pronounced Dave- William Defoe. Well, so he explained it as half of his family pronounces it Defoe, and the other half pronounces it Defoe, and Defoe just sounds better as a, as a name. Yeah, which is fair. Mm-hmm. But no, he's in it, and then Robert Pattinson as Thomas Howard. Uh, Valeria Karaman as Mermaid, to which I was like, this is confusing. <laughs> so we're going to say this uh, right off the bat, yeah, yeah. for those of you. Um, there we, is mermaid vagina. Yeah, I was going to say, there's there's vagina from a fish, and there's a boobers and well, from a fish. What and... really questions is like why Robert Eggers was like, hmm, mermaid coochie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, it makes sense considering the fact that, you know, what they're having to go through. Right. And then, um, he's only in there for a second, but Logan Hawk says, Ephraim Winslow. Again, he's not in there for long. But... 
And this this is the uh, 2019 The Lighthouse, not to be confused with the 2016 The Lighthouse. Oh, is there another movie with the same name? Yeah. Not, yeah. So you learn something new every day, because I wouldn't a, have thought that. Let me see. Based on this one, the other one is based on real events which saw two lighthouse keepers stranded for months at sea in a freak storm. The film tells a tale of death, madness, and isolation, a desolate trip into the heart of human darkness. That's for the 2016 The Lighthouse. Huh. Huh. And the characters' names are Thomas Howell and Thomas Griffiths. I is can't it, make this up, man. Is it the short film concept of it, though? It's possible. Let me see. Cause did it was it a short film first? I don't know, but that's a lot of how like some of these cool ones. That's a, that's a really cool thing. Cause you know like Lights Out got theirs, which I don't know what's going on with that sequel now. Cause they said they were getting one, and then it kind of went dark. No so. pun intended. No pun intended, but, but I, I kind of overlooked that. <laughs> yeah, someone's a genius. No, it's an hour forty-two. Is it? Yeah. It Either looks way. like it's the same movie almost, just not in color. Hmm. So I don't I don't know. <laughs> oh well. Alright. I mean, hey, it's still good. Mm-hmm. So um Hey, this one is also on Tubi for free. the twenty sixteen one's on Tubi for free, so maybe you can watch it and give a comparison. Yeah, I might I might do that just to see kind of what what's what all that's about. See what I liked about this movie though that he, that like kind of because maybe this is just the U.S. version of that movie. I don't know, but what I like about this one is it's filmed as though it was filmed in old style. Yeah, because it was actually filmed from a I'm trying to remember because there was a very certain camera. What uh. What camera did? What camera did Robert Eggers use for the lighthouse? Because it was of it was of um, an older, yeah, nineteen hundreds camera, which was really neat. Yeah, he used the that's right, a Kodak Eastman uh, Eastman's double X black and white fifty two twenty two film stock with a Panavision uh, Millennium XL two. And uh, a 1930s to 40s Baltar lenses. So for all of you um, cinematographers and camera uh, geeks out there, that's what he used. So it was pretty cool. And, it, and he did it. He did it. He utilized it very well. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, it makes it seem like it's actually... From that era. And mm-hmm. I love that. It is nice. It's very nice. I Because lo- it... it Everything they're using is, you know, as well, practical. Yeah, that was... um, That was a surprise, because, you know, this time period, they really don't need to do that. Like, that's super not necessary. No, and I think think a lot of his movies actually have to deal with... um, I think a lot of his movies actually have been using practical effects way over. Mm Mm-hmm than most films do but then again it also comes from a24 masters of filmmaking at this point yeah they they know who they want to take a chance on and who they don't it's great and they've 
proven that they they know who's ready and who's not. Mm-hmm. But I think they also take a look at a lot of the concepts that kind of come out of these things and kind of go from mm-hmm. there as well. It's true. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that. Who's calling you? Jesus. Oh, no, it's just my notifications, believe it or not. Wow. Heaviest vibration you will ever hear from a phone. Excuse me, guys, if I sound far away. But no, um... Wow, if, again, because I know... I don't think our review of it is... No, it's not out yet. Um, But we have a review with another of another Robert Pattinson movie, which we'll probably get into a couple of his eventually. Um... But yeah, there's some really good ones with Robert Pattinson in them. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was another, what is it? We did High Life, but there's mm-hmm. like Damsel. Um, and I'm trying to think of a couple of other ones. Ah, uh, Good Time. Good Time. That's the one I was thinking of. Those I think are the two that people would know him from, besides mm-hmm. those other indie films. But absolutely spectacular job in the lighthouse i haven't had the pleasure of seeing uh, good time good time yeah so good but it is on my list you know what it is yeah i know what it's about no i was gonna make a joke but yeah that's good oh i was gonna say you know what it is it's a good time you're good (laughs) (laughs) all right so kind of going into this I mean, there's a there's a lot here. It deals with a lot of psychological stuff, like the witch. Although yeah. it's more, I'd say, akin to what it would be like. To I mean, the whole reason I think this movie works so well is because it's about two guys managing the lighthouse. Yeah, which it, again I have said to stated this to you, in said time period, never doing it. No, sir, that's how you lose your mind. However, nowadays, okay. Because at this point in our time of technology, thank God for this, by the way, lighthouses more or less run themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of uh, subtle maintenance. It's just a guy who needs stuff. to be there for the frickin', um, to change some bulbs. <laughs> it's, it's most of what it is. Right. Um, sorry, I was kind of looking more... Uh, there is a short from 2018 called The Lighthouse. Okay. Um, so maybe the 2016 one was made, someone made the short, and then Eggers saw the short and made his? Yeah, well, the, this one, the short, a young homeless girl embraces the magic of her seaside town. Okay, so it sounds And she befriends nicer. a mysterious entity living in the lighthouse by the pier. So that one is different. But I'm kind of wondering, because like you said, this 2016 version is from It almost Britain. sounds, yeah. So let me see. Is yeah. Robert Eggers... Ah, I don't know. Is Robert Eggers The Lighthouse remake? Mm-hmm. Um, Because either way... Either way, it's still a great movie. Well, like, the fact that it's a remake doesn't change my opinion at all. I mean, it doesn't say... Because he wrote it with his brother... Mm-hmm. Oh, because they've done it a couple of times mm-hmm. with the lighthouse concept. Because oh, yeah. they had the vanishing from 2018 as well. Wow. Maybe that's what our theme should have been. <laughs> we watch, we watch the, the lighthouse from 2016, the vanishing from 2018, and then the lighthouse from 2019. So essentially, just what you told the me about Turkey. The same movie, just <laughs> except a. Uh, 
Like you told me, unlike Turkey, though. Yeah, we're doing the Turkish cinema thing. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of funny. Um, As you don't know, they don't have any uh, copyright well, laws in Turkey, so. Except The Vanishing does it differently. That's good. Because there's three lighthouse keepers that arrive on an isolated island off the Scottish oh, coast. Oh, okay. And Gerald Butler is in there with Peter Mullen and Connor Swindles as James Ducat, Thomas, and Donald. Cool. I like it. And that got... So I remember seeing that back when I worked at a family video before the goals. But that got 49% with a lot of audience scores. The Lighthouse from 2016 got 31%. And Robert Eggers has, well, needless to say, a hell of a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, While all three do have great critic scores, the definitive version of... um, Robert Eggers, who did the script himself with his brother, has 72% out of 1,000 audience verified ratings. So That's cool. Still on top. I still believe it. I believe it's about a 90-92 for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say as wholesome, I would give it a 96. Okay. Um, Just for the fact that because it embraced so much. Yeah. Plus, it's really hard to impress IMDb. So 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. Not that that influenced my decision anyway. I they just, they really know. leaned into the crazy. And I, I that's admirable. Yeah, and it really gave uh, Willem Dafoe the ability to kind of cut loose and go back to kind of that awesome kind of like, you know, crazy acting. Well, yeah, what he likes about, because he has said what he likes about being an actor is you can just literally do almost anything. You know? Yeah. Which and I is, agree with that. Which is nice, because if you are like me, you probably, for for the younger generation at least, you probably remember him from uh, Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. I really love the fact that he played Norman so well in there, so that was super awesome for mm-hmm. me. And to see him really come back again for another kind of crazy role, like, made my heart, like, super excited. Yeah, I agree. Um, because he really leans into it. Robert Pattinson then really go into it. And, I mean, they got so in character that, like, you know, as funny as it's going to sound, mm-hmm. there were scripted farts. It's awesome. And I know it's well, like you would back then. You wouldn't be like concerned about what other people think. Just... No, and I know that people are like, ah, yeah, scripted farts. And it's like, but you have to hand to the person that Willem Dafoe was able to make that happen. Right. And it just shows like just how, um, how in sync you are with your character. Mm-hmm. So you can't and your body <laughs> and your body. Yeah, I mean, like you really. There's a lot of commitment in this movie, and it and it pays off magnificently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of diving more into that, we basically get both Thomases, who are we kind of start the don't we basically start the movie off with the boat dropping them off? Yeah, and they're gonna stay there for a month. Yeah, which already you can kind of be like that opening shot, which they use in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Just shows their expression of like, shit. Fuck. We really don't want to be here. <laughs> no, it's all about money. It's what it's for. No, and I like how they don't they don't bullshit about that either. How they're just literally like right away. Yeah. This is why we're here. You paid decent, whatever. You paid enough money to the point where when I go back, 
I'm gonna be able to just hightail my own, which, you know, sometimes doesn't sound that bad, except when you watch these movies, and then you're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's, a, it's always that one time that's kind of like, oh, boy, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and that's a, I think that's, like, the biggest question that these movies ask. Is it worth your sanity, or is it worth this and that? Yeah, we know like, s- if somebody told you... Let's let's pose this question to you. Somebody said, "Hey Noah, you'll make five million dollars. I just for one night's work. All you gotta do is be a night security guard at this pizza place with these animatronics." Yeah, that's a dead ass no. <laughs> I figured. You would never pay me enough really to go buy animatronics anyway. I don't like them. I used to be freaked out by the robotic Chucky. Yeah. While all the other kids would be like, oh, let's touch Chucky. I was sitting in there like... Chucky cheese? Yeah. Yeah, let's not. Let's let's not. He looks like he doesn't want to be bothered. That was yeah, like seriously. literally my thought process. So, yeah, no. I, that would be a... That'd be a fuck no for me. Noted. But, at the same time... She... <laughs> I think at the same time, it really just depends on how desperate you are. I mean, that's a lot of why I think people in the 1700s, you know, they really took the jobs that they did because it was kind of like... Yeah, and Robert Pattinson's Thomas, he talks about later on how he freaking used to, um, he used to do logging, to which I'm like, hell no, are you kidding me? Like... Right. Which is... Intense work. Mm, it's, it's intense body. You're using your body to its limits and then more. And then you have to like, you know, you're living there and you're just surrounded by the burliest, manliest men all the time. Nah, I'm good. I mean, anybody who has a bear fantasy, that's... Uh, all right. That's got to be their dream. Okay. <laughs> all right. No. Okay. But... You know, I mean, I kind of like, there's two things I like about Robert Eggers. I mean, saying the situation that Thomas is in, I really like because of the fact of one particular reason. Mm -hmm. And that one particular reason in this case is more or less because of the circumstances he finds himself in. It's like, is there really a difference, so to speak? Because... At least if you're a logger, you're surrounded by people, mm-hmm. and they may be toxic masculinity, but you're still surrounded by people. Right. So it's kind of like, okay, at least I have people around, but then you really ask the question of, at the same time, of like, where is your sandy? Because, I mean, if you're spending all that time in the woods... And you're probably spending time in your own cabin or your own tent. Right. How well is your sanity? And just kind of going off on a little side note here, I already was not a fan of the woods. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Blair Witch, which made me Yay. bigger not fan of the woods. Or the Blair Witch Project, sorry. And then I saw Blair Witch. Yeah. The thing that has been seared into my brain. Mm-hmm. When all the witches' symbols are all hanging when they come outside, when that girl who got lost with her boyfriend who screwed them over. 
Mm-hmm. When she comes back out and they walk out of the tent and there's nothing but the witch's symbol everywhere. Mm-hmm. That has been permanently seared into my brain. Nice. You could never pay me enough to go camping ever again after that. Good thing this is the place that you said you might come with me and my family were not exactly camping. Exactly. Like, for me, that was like, no, no, that that did it for me. That's the point where I, that ruined camping for me <laughs> the rest of the way. Whatever little bit of, I just might. No. Gone. That, that is. A, the thing is, too, there's something about surreal about tents. Mm-hmm. That I feel like at any time you could walk out of your out of the tent and be like in the tall grass where you could like zip up your tent and you can't really see anything outside your tent. Mm-hmm. And then you could go back out and you could be in a completely different place. Right. Because I feel like tents are like their own like supernatural like state. They feel like you're in some sort of cocoon and time around you is kind of non-existent. I like that feeling though, personally. I mean, I do. I just with what well, the experience of has a kid and then watching movies like that, mm-hmm. those two combined really don't make a good experience for me. So the rest of the time, I'm going to be panicked. Right. But I also don't like being exposed, so I can't not have the flap. Sure. Uh, closed either. Um. So it's a weird area for the you then you'd say. Yeah. Which kind of makes me question what my reaction would be like to being on a lighthouse island. Because it's like, if you get creeped out in that building, there ain't a whole lot of places you can go. You're no. kind of just stuck on the island. Yep. We're going to sleep on the other island, part of the island today and hope of one of two things doesn't happen. That I don't roll over and hit the jagged rocks mm-hmm. and either impale myself or break myself. Right. Or that the uh, water isn't going to come and sweep me away or I'm going to roll into the water and <laughs> drown. Mm-hmm. Either either one is bad. Yeah, which, that's another horrifying thing to think about. Mm-hmm. That you literally just wake up, and you've been asleep for so long, and you're just adrift in the middle of the water, and you can see where the island you were on was. Jeez. Because I've seen them do that in movies, too, or TV shows, and it's like, that's such a freaking no. <laughs> it's like the, uh... There are certain places where it's like, because somebody was like, how, how much would it suck... To just wake up, like, in a hospital and just have no idea what happened. That would be terrible. And I was like, I can think of five places that would be worse, that I'd rather wake up in a hospital than than these five other places. Can you think of a few? Like, space? (laughs) Yeah, there's not going to be any way to calm me down if I wake up in space and nobody's telling me what the hell happened. Exactly. Underwater? I mean... It depends on how underwater are you in an underwater substation. Maybe. Because if it's comfy like Subnautica, at least I'd be able to be able to keep my composure a little bit. Crack house, whorehouse, brothel, Miami. Whorehouse and brothels, I assume. <laughs> You're supposed to say Detroit. Yeah, Brooklyn. Isn't, that, isn't Detroit where... Uh... It's Detroit Rock City. Yeah, but isn't that where... Or no, is it Cleveland. Is Cleveland the one that rocks? Where does RoboCop take place again? Yeah, it's Detroit. It is they're, Detroit. they're trying to still trying to build that RoboCop statue, man. Are they? Every day, that the, like Aaron from Game Grump, shout out to them. Check them out. They don't need our help. 
um, they he said he he kickstarted the original like fun project for that, and it's been twelve years on Kickstarter. He's like every day they still send me updates <laughs> of if that RoboCop Detroit statue is getting made. <laughs> they gotta do it, man. They get they do. Can I use this? I'm freezing. Yeah. Right. Um. So to kind of get more into the movie, we basically have Thomas and Thomas, Thomas. get dropped off. Well, at first Thomas is. Thomas, which uh, they kind of Defoe Thomas, he's in charge, so he just refers to the other one as lad. But I thought there was Winslow is what they were specifically refer to him as. Well, later the, he specifically refers to him as Winslow, but at first he just calls him lad. Okay, that's right. Uh, and then he has him call him Winslow for the last week that they're there because they're only there for a month. Not that bad, personally. But then, um, a lot of things go awry. And a lot of things are just very strange and uneasy. And honestly, I don't remember the order of everything, if I have to be perfectly honest with both you and the audience. No, I... remember I... Willem Dafoe, because uh, Robert Pattinson's Thomas brought up oh, we need to take shifts on the light, so Willem Dafoe's character was like, no, only I'll do the light, you do everything else. Yeah. I mean, that's a basic subplot. I mean, we can still stretch this episode out because there is still a lot to talk about. But no, the... I know, I'm just saying, like... Yeah, for the main part, it is a lot of... There's so many little things like, that you miss. It's like scene, 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 yeah. scene, scene. Like, Which... nothing really drags out. Yeah, which sounds maybe a little bit repetitive when you think about it, but, like, it's one of those movies that really grips you. Right. And that's something that Robert Eggers does, Robert Eggers has done so well. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I forgot to that I was going to say earlier is that I really love, too, that each and every character has only acquired these supernatural occurrences mm-hmm. during... Uh, they, they only end up here due to circumstance. Right. They never go looking for it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is what makes the psychological and horror element so great. Right. That's what makes short films great. That's what makes any horror film great. Not a bunch of boo, boo, loud noises. Like when we were we were watching another movie that we're going to be reviewing soon for you guys. Uh, and the dialogue was so damn quiet because they just wanted to throw a bunch of loud oh, noises. Oh, God. And it, and it, you know I didn't like that movie. Yeah. And it's just, it it did need to be that silent. Same thing with, uh, I started trying to watch The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. So damn quiet, Mm -hmm. so they could play all the loud noises, and I was like, you don't need to do that. Well, I also heard that movie's also kind of like, it's, someone described it as a courtroom drama where they're not really in the courtroom that much. I mean, it's based off the real case. I know it is real. I wasn't surprised. But... And they did kind of like some exorcist shots. I haven't finished it. I've only gotten like like three minutes in because I couldn't hear half the damn dialogue because mm-hmm. it was so soft. But um, yeah, it just was very bizarre to try and listen to mm-hmm. and to try and decipher anything that they were saying. So what I really like about these up-and-coming new directors and short film people is that they don't rely on silence. Yeah. In the sense of silence of making things so quiet. Yeah. 
to make the audience nervous of waiting for the giant noise to happen. Because that's the thing about this movie. Noise is happening all the time. I swear right. every scene it's like a giant foghorn. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Please stop. Like, You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I think you said it best. It just doesn't add atmosphere. It makes you... Same thing with the string quartet. It's just like okay, great. I got it. And it's just like bump. Okay, the thing's not there. They're gonna turn around. It's gonna be there. Yeah. Like I know. They're gonna either turn around or they're gonna turn around again, and then they're gonna see him. And it's like okay, that make me piss my pants in real life, but I wouldn't need a string quartet to do that. Right. I could just pee myself normal like a man. Well, it's like. If I was already terrified, the, the the events that I'm experiencing are already terrifying me. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really liked about, you know, the witch. You knew that you were probably dealing with a witch from the title. Yeah. And it wasn't just about your mind. Same thing with the Blair Witch Projects. You've never seen the witch, which the director did confirm in Blair Witch 2016 that that was not the witch. Yeah. How horrifying is that, by the way? Very. He, he, he confirmed that is not the witch, which makes you think... What the hell is the witch? Um, if that's not the witch and that was the threat, then what... I'm sorry, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that because it's like, well, what the hell is the witch then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I agree. Yeah, that's that's true. See, that movie did so well and I think it got underrated like a lot of these other movies. And I'm glad that Robert Eggers, both of his movies have gotten the viewership that they deserve, mm-hmm. both at a mainstream audience and a... Uh, in, in the indie community. Because more often than not, I know that's something that we always say on here, and we're always going to say it because it's very true. The indie community really does not get any of the viewership that it deserves because it's unorthodox to the main Yeah, it's, it doesn't media. fit everyone else's cookie-cutter kind of how you're supposed to make a movie ideal. And yeah. I'm like, that's a stupid reason for it Which, to not be pop. I love my dad, but that's the one reason he couldn't stand Mandy. Mm. And I was like, but dad, that's, that's the, the point. That's the point. It's supposed to be surreal and different. Mm-hmm. And it's slow. But when that movie picks up, it picks up. And that's something with yeah. Robert Eggers' movies as well. When they really start to pick up, they really pick up. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like it because it almost seems like him and Ari uh, Alster have the same directorial style with their horror. Right. It is all mind-bending. Um, I think with Hereditary, though... Uh, which we will eventually talk about. With Hereditary, Aerie is basically... Um, he takes the movie and he kind of goes out full. Because you've seen Hereditary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of know that like the way it starts is kind of slow, but it's like, I think like 20 minutes in, it really kind of goes full force. Mm-hmm. In a sense, and that kind of slows down, and then it picks back up again and breaks some suspense, and it did it in such a way. That's kind of what the lighthouse does. It they have some really big bits where it's like there's a lot going on, but it's more about the tension of these two men. And one of the common themes, because we kind of will go, we'll try and go beat by beat, but I think there's a lot to be said just kind of through like just the smaller stuff, like the fact that you know Winslow or Lad at this point, is basically, who's played by Robert Pattinson, 
him and Willem, like, him and Thomas are basically, like, the one dynamic comes in because, one, Thomas is, like, on top of the world because he's an older gentleman. Right. And we all know that, you know, seniority is the I'm always right, which isn't always true. Um, And then you kind of got Winslow, who's new to the scene. Yep. But I feel like he's a lot more reserved because he doesn't really... I mean, you could tell both men don't want to be there. Right. Well, and I also went... Winslow was a logger before this, so he kind of is done with, like, people, in that sense. Yeah, he's done with people, and he's done being barked around with orders. He kind of has his own, like... His own style. Yeah, I have my own style. I'm happy. This is where I want to be. Um, You know, so it's kind of like, I don't want to be under anybody else's boot anymore. I just want to do my job and get the hell out. Which I think we've all been there. Um, you in particular, I'm pretty sure you have one experience that we won't say where. But I think that's what makes the dynamic between them so interesting. Because you can tell that they both have like that similar personality mm-hmm. trait without um I'm kinda of trying to think of how to describe it. Cause you kind of notice along the movie that Thomas and Winslow are very identical to each other. They kind of have that same personality, and I feel like that's why they clash a lot. Mm. And I feel like that's why a lot of different people will crash or clash together from different generations. It's because of the fact that they're very similar, and the one thing that people hate looking at is themselves and somebody else, or the same traits that make them... that they don't like about themselves, and it makes it hard. Mm-hmm. So, to see that and then be stuck with that person and also not know that person for a month it's a little hard to kind of be like well shit (laughs) you know not only am i am i here but like i have to deal with the said person right and you know i i think thomas one of the first things thomas is basically that i'm top dog yeah you're here and i pay you which I don't know how accurate that is. I mean, do you have any two cents to pitch into there? To pitch into, like... Because, well, the whole time Thomas says a lot of the time that I'm paying you. Right. Twins a little lot. But I don't know how accurate that is. No, it's the company that's paying him. He's evaluating and writing notes. That's right. For the company. Which is kind of like... I don't, which, throughout the movie, as he's doing that, it kind of makes me, I think the part that kind of really pissed me off, in a sense, because it's like, okay, you got only two people there. You got the one seniority, and then you got the other person as well. So how does that, how is that fair? Right. If you don't have other people on the island to kind of assess, because I mean, it's kind of like that one person who... It's kind of like sticking a person who already has a good reputation that's worked for a company with a long time and bringing somebody into the company that you know that they've worked with before and they don't like and then saying, evaluate this person and give them like a performance review. And it's like, of course, the person that doesn't like said person that they're evaluating is going to give them, you know, nothing but they did this wrong. They're going to be looking for all the little stuff that they can. 
Yeah. Even though they could be like the most perfect person, they're on top, they're awake all, you know, they're awake on time, like up early in the morning to maintain whatever it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, on time to every meal, cook every meal, are on the clock as soon as they have to be. Like everything is to a T. Right. Well, this is my brother. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like with Winslow, that's kind of what he's trying to do. And I feel like he does good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of instances too throughout like later in the film like I'd say with even the first few dynamics of Winslow trying to like there's a couple there's a scene where he's like for later in the movie too towards the middle where he's like painting the lighthouse and Thomas gives him nothing but crap about how he's painting it wrong doesn't he tell him to paint it a certain way where he's not like what is it? He's not, like, painting it a certain way, or he has to, like, flick the brush or something, something like that. I'm to... something, something that would make it possible for you to destroy the thing, but not possible for them to destroy you. Yeah. And... <sighs> There's also that scene with the gulls as well. So you get, like, you get a nice mixture of Thomas being kind of a condescending ass... And then a lot of him basically trying to give Winslow wisdom on how to perform his job, into which you really get the balance of like, okay, you can't be a dick and give wisdom at the same time. Because at this point, Winslow, you know, Winslow throughout, all the way to the end is kind of like, you know, why am I taking words or advice from you? So, yeah. And so then, some of the, yeah, yeah. Some of the jobs, can we just, like, let's talk about that for a second, because, holy God, man. Like, thank God for conveyor belts and automated systems nowadays, because, and electricity. Because, like, back then you had to keep, you had to keep, make sure the light was still on, otherwise ships would crash and you, things would be very bad, obviously. But you had to, like, fill a furnace with coal and like which isn't that don't you get treated like that as like manslaughter too don't you get a felony for that hmm isn't that a felony too if you let the lights go out yeah because it's it's charged with manslaughter well it's involuntary manslaughter could be but it's also like um negligence mouth yeah negligence or malfeasance malfeasance is uh the boy poops it's my time Thank you. Good night, guys. You guys can only see my face. (laughs) They can. They can. Um, I'm telepathing it, broadcasting. You know what? I'm going to stop. Fuck you. Shut up. (laughs) So they end up, like, like they're doing all these, like, he's doing all these chores. He has to freaking scrub down the outside of the lighthouse, to which I was like. Scrub. Exactly. To which I was like, you know what? No. No. I would not have that. Like, that's not. It's not necessary, like, at all. Yeah, keep in mind, I'm sure we've all had that one boss who's just a condescending dick to be a condescending dick, and that's... He is. That's Willem Dafoe's character, a thousand percent. And he's got to empty out frickin' their, their pee and poop balls. And there's a funny scene near the end where he throws it into the wind, and I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> How do you not know that that's what wind does at this point? Like, come on. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, that was. You like, agree with me on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But it's like, yeah. So he's doing all these chores, and I think he kills a seagull very brutally. Like he grabs it by the freaking neck and just starts swinging it, and that's really when all the craziness starts. Yeah, I like, feel like. Because it's bad luck, because they're the souls of the sailors. That's that's what they uh, that's what they say, anyways. Yeah, that's what Thomas's explanation is for it. Yeah, Thomas's explanation to Thomas. And then, like, they're supposed to go home, but a storm, they get surrounded by a storm, so they're going to be trapped there probably for months. And it's a weird thing, because a lot of the time we get, we don't get any, like, real confirmation of how long they've been there for all this time because like thomas has said many a time like oh we've been here for months meanwhile willem dafoe's character thomas has told him a few times they've only been there two days or like there's a part where willem dafoe's thomas he wants to leave but or no no i'm sorry robert pattinson's thomas he wants to leave but Willem Dafoe takes an axe and destroys the their only boat off. And then when he chases him back in with the axe, he's like, you're, you're going crazy, man. You just destroyed that boat with an axe. And I was like, it, it was a f- moment while watching this movie where I did question, like, is it Willem Dafoe who's crazy or is Edward Norton actually crazy? You know what I mean? You mean Robert Pattinson? That's what I meant. Did I say Edward Norton? Yeah. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Edward Norton's not in here, but he is a great actor. Is it Robert Pattinson? I really, you know, when the night you said that, it does make me wonder what that would have been like. What? See, see Edward Norton in this movie in a movie like this. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but anyway, yeah, Robert Pattinson's his performance is just fucking stellar in this movie. Oh yeah, both of them are. I actually believe both of these people are actually insane. And just going crazy from, like, the sheer being there, you know? Yeah. But you would. In the time period, for sure. But the thing that I think really makes it, like, really embeds it, Mm -hmm. is the fact that it feels like they're actual sailors. Yeah. They they play the dynamic so well. So well. That it really feels like you are watching two men. It doesn't feel like you're watching Robert Pattinson. It doesn't feel like you're watching Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of the, the the big thing too that that gets scary about watching something like Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man movie because you don't you have that fear that you're gonna see that actor play another crazy role because you know I hadn't really seen a whole lot of Willem Dafoe movies. Mm-hmm. up to this point so it's kind of like it's kind of that worrisome of like for some people that are going into it like it are they going to seem the same to me right you know for a certain role like uh the, another movie that willem dafoe starred in that was another independent film that was really good was called doggy dog with Nicolas cage um oh yeah underrated movie i think i loved it i thought it was one of it's really one of those movies you have to watch two or three times so again, that could kind of can imply that it's not for everyone, mm-hmm. but it it's just such a great movie, 
And Willem's acting in there is also great, but he plays like kind of an insane. Yeah, someone who's out of his mind. Veter- like not a war veteran, but veteran and like a mental veteran mm-hmm. who's seen it all. Because he's like an. He's a. Well, they're kind of ex cons, but still current cons. All right. Um, so seeing him in that and also seeing him in the lighthouse was like. Wow. Yeah, because, I mean, I believe that didn't come out too too long after, or The Lighthouse didn't come out too long after Doggy Dog, either, if I remember. Because I believe that came out. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see how many roles he's taken and how they're all, they're all different. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. Um... And then, like, same with Robert Pattinson. I mean, they really leaned into these roles. They got drunk. I think Robert Pattinson said in an interview that he doesn't remember half of shooting, like a quarter of shooting, because he was so drunk. Really? They were actually drunk. That's crazy. Yeah. There's a scene um, about half where, yeah, where they're doing sea shanties and dancing with each other after they're drunk. And and then toxic masculinity takes over because they almost drunkenly kiss, but then they immediately, like, light switch to to boxing. (laughs) Yeah. Which, the funniest thing before that is you see Willem Dafoe, you see Thomas do this little jig, and he's like, Like, I don't know if Willem Dafoe is drunk, but he kept yelling, Dance, Winslow! Dance! Well, and then, yeah. So, Winslow's response to that is to spit out whatever liquor he has, slam the bottle down as Mm -hmm. hard as he can, and start singing uh, the Lumberjack shanties. Yeah. Um, Which, he sang so drunkenly fluent. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he had to be sober. And Robert Eggers like, no, No, he was drunk. And I was like, what? Well, and then, like, it? and then like they um they run out of booze at a point because they had like enough for the month long period, but then when they got stuck in the storm, he had them dig up another supply of more. But then they ran out of that, so they made their own. And I was like, when they made their own, and I saw him drink that, I was like, you are definitely doing brain damage to yourself, you know? Right, and. You know, I think that's why, though, they they never want anybody to really make their own liquor because of that reason. Yeah. It can be a very dangerous thing if you mm-hmm. put the wrong shit in it. It is. Another thing to prepare you for this movie, besides of uh, actors being drunk and mermaid vagina, um, a lot of jerking off. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> the, the sexual element on here is overdone, but very necessary, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I know that's kind of an odd thing to say. It's a factual thing. Which you guys will know when our High Life review comes out. Um, There's a lot of... Besides a lot of unconsensual scenes, there's a lot of not sex positive, just a lot of unneedless sex. Mm -hmm. Um, That didn't need to happen. Um, Here, the, the sexual frustration, I think, is important because you're also talking about males. And I mean... We're not going to speak for women because that's a whole nother topic. Right. I mean, but as a human, unless mm-hmm. you are asexual, um, you really are just, you know, that's the thing about sexuality is that, you know. Kind of a slave. Relieving, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, your hormones. You, you, you're relieving yourself isn't always about the sexual tension. It's about having clarity. It's a release. 
because it's 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 you know yeah flooding you your help, brain with dopamine. You need help to focus. Yeah. Um. So with this, I felt like it was a bit of both. It's kind of like a escape because you know while while you may be on an island, I think the real idea of escaping the situation that they're both in. You have one other dude that you're stuck with for a month, no other people, mm-hmm. and both men have had a past, so they're obviously kind of like ugh. I've kind of seen enough of a sausage party at this point. Sure. You know, sausage fest. And I feel like that really... That really played a part into why. Because the person that we see that has the most sexuality, and there's a reason behind that, is I would say uh, Winslow. Because he's younger. Because he's younger. He also has said that he's not really around many women. He hasn't been for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. So a lot of his is, uh, he's kind of like a chronic masturbator to bring him some sort of, uh, relief into which he has a little mermaid toke, like he finds it in the pillow. Yeah. And it's a, it's a topless mermaid into which we get the mermaid vagina scene where isn't, doesn't she like wash up on shore and he's questioning what to do. Cause then he realizes, Oh, it's like a human. Mm-hmm. But if I do this, I'd be crossing a very big no-no line. Well, he touches her. No, he, he's fine with a forbid. He touches her boob, and then he sees her vagina, and then she screeches at him, and he runs away. Which is like... Sure. The most prepubescent weird boy thing I think I've yeah. ever seen. It, it was a very odd scene, but it was one of those that was necessary. They didn't... And that's the thing I kind of like about Robert Eggert. He takes these extreme scenes, because he had another uncomfortable scene, too. Like we talked about the witch with the sister and the brother, and mm-hmm. kind of that, you know... And the brother and the witch. Yeah, which he didn't take too far. No. And I'm glad he didn't. He he knows where the limit He knows to where to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows where it needs to draw out. Um... <clears throat> so that's what made this movie tolerable and why it wasn't so vulgar. I mean, I should have warned you cause I know you weren't expecting it. It's very offsetting to people who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was something necessary in there. The reason that, you know, Thomas on the other hand, cause I mean, the whole thing is that, you know, and we should have said it earlier, <laughs> Uh, not like 40 minutes in, but... Yeah, well, um, what are you going to do? We kind of haven't gone beat for beat for a reason. It's kind of another one of those movies that we want to, but it's yeah. kind of like there's so much We're that We're sorry happens. about that, but yes, it's kind of a lot, like... Yeah. It just, it's things happening. There's, there's no so many clear things happening. Order of operations. It's, a, it's like trying to explain Joker. You can explain Joker, but at the end of the day, you're also with all those twists, you're not going to be able to be like, did it really happen? And that's mm-hmm. the beauty of that movie. But, um... No, the thing with the lighthouse is that Winslow, or Thomas is specifically keeping Winslow away mm-hmm. from the lighthouse. From and the light. Or the light, yeah. He doesn't say why, except that he just can't be there. And The light's mine. Yeah. Yeah, and he says it like that. Like, it's some dirty little secret or something like, you know, somebody has like a pot of gold, like a treasure that they, they know as soon as you, you have it. It's kind of like a drug addict or like an addiction. Mm-hmm. an alcoholic like as soon as you know that they have it you're you're going to be hooked to it so they want to keep you away from it as much as they can exactly and that i don't know that really that really got to me in a sense sure because 
I'm trying to figure out the reason why. It really got to me because it was like, it's the curiosity of it all. Mm-hmm. It's the what's up there. And that was kind of like a different set tone to than you know the witch that's something that you kind of really ask yourself a lot mm-hmm. but weren't too concerned about it bits like you forgot about it but it was like an undertone mm-hmm. that pays off which i really liked which was really nice because it was like when you're first introduced to it and you're curious because it is the lighthouse and you already have the unsettling vibes and you want to know what's up there all the other current events you keep forgetting that they're all linked to the lighthouse. Exactly. So you kind of realize, and and that's what makes it so good because you're also it is confirmed that it is supernatural. Yeah. So it's like you're not only dealing with your mind and the supernaturalness of your mind, you're also indulging in the supernatural of a lighthouse on an island that's playing tricks on you. Right. So. It really becomes hard, like, doing a beat-by-beat beat of, like, what is truly real. Yeah, and, I, and we do apologize for that, but it's just, yeah. Yeah, but Thomas hogs the light to himself, keeps referring to it as his. Mm-hmm. And we get one scene where he's, like, basically oh. naked, and he's got this face of, like, he's got this O face going on. Mm-hmm. And then we see, what is it, like, an octopus tentacle? Yeah. And it's never explicitly stated, because we 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 get to go up to the main tower at the end. Because towards when when the conflict kind of comes to a head between Thomas and Winslow, finally, for for um the light for the light, yeah. When Winslow really gets fed up with Thomas's BS and his condescendingness, he there's basically to sum it up, he has him dig his own. They end up getting into a fight. Which results in him basically, like, literally making uh, Thomas his bitch and forcing him to walk on all fours like a dog. Mm-hmm. And to which he makes him, he's dug a hole for him, tells him to lay in there, and starts burying him alive. Yeah, it's kind of haunting. <laughs> it is. Because well. I think they had Willem do all of his lines while Robert Pattinson or whoever off screen Tossed literally dirt threw dirt on him. Mouth. Yeah, and I'm sitting there like. Gross. <laughs> um um, um. <laughs> yeah and i'm like i don't know if you could pay me enough like unless i was really committed but like <sighs> that I would yeah that would really haunt me <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah it would haunt anyone hopefully if it um, didn't haunt you i'd be concerned yeah that was like oh shit that's one of the things that, you know, I really didn't like kind of going off stage. I've never really liked that kind of stuff. It For me, that's the kind of real stuff that really it's does get much. to me. Um, that's why I did not like the scene in fam- the Family Guy Return of the Jedi parody where Han forces these two Imperials to dig their own graves at yes. gunpoint. And while it may have been funny because it's like traditionally it's Peter. dark, hilarious. For me, it was just traumatizing because I was like, too far too far that's the point of it i know but for me it just was like you know for some people people found the dark comedy in it for me it just was too over the top because they it was too real for me Mm -hmm. so when it comes to that kind of stuff i'm just like okay Okay. this is too much 
and I can't I can't deal with that type right. of stuff. It's like because I've seen the Saw movies, so I'm no stranger to like the torture elements, and I know people are gonna be like, well, "How does that not bother you?" And it's like, because in a sense, you see the behind the scenes, and you and you know it's it's you know it's fake. Yeah, but from this, we see the behind the scenes, and we know the fact that Willem Dafoe got dirt thrown in his face is real. Yeah, and it's like. When, when you hear the family guy, you hear people literally begging for their lives. It's like, okay, that's just... That's yeah. horrible. It's, it, it's horrible. Exactly. Um, so that scene is, is definitely a trigger for any of you who, you know, have that kind of squirmishness of... Wow, that's just morbid. So I'd exactly. definitely be very weary of that scene. It's a very powerful scene... After kind of seeing all the psychoness, so you kind of are set up for it. Um, but it's still one of those shock values that's like, oh, okay. okay. So then afterwards, Thomas basically, what we think is he's going to maybe pull him out and regret his decision. It turns out or that Winslow basically just was like, oh, man, I forgot to grab the keys off his belt. Mm-hmm. Unburies him a little bit because he never fully submerged him takes his keys, and then runs back into the lighthouse, into which he's kind of fumbling around, kind of trying to gain his composure of what the hell just happened, into which uh, Thomas runs back in. Mm-hmm. And uh, that results in, what is it, a pickaxe? No. Yeah. Is it a pickaxe or is it an actual axe? No, it's an axe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Getting impaled into his back. <laughs> Well, yeah, Winslow does that, and then he takes the axe out and then chops his face in half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Winslow also pro- then proceeds to go up to the lighthouse, and then we finally are, like, so anxious because we're, like, uh, horrifying, but please tell me the payoff of whatever just happened here is at least worth seeing. Well, it's a bright light that we don't even see as the audience or understand. It just overwhelms him, and he falls down the lighthouse well, steps and gets eaten by birds. Yeah, but the thing is, though, that makes it so, like, he's so nonchalant, and he mm-hmm. goes out to touch it, and then you just get, like, him screaming. Yeah. And it's, like, not like, it's like a horrified, satisfied, pleasured realization and fear scream all at once. Well, there's a lot of horrified, like, the fact that you find out he uh, killed his, he killed someone while on the logging trip. By just pushing them in the river and not saving them. And the fact that the whole time Willem Dafoe's character has been keeping notes saying all the things that he's done that's bad. And recommending that he not even get paid and all that stuff. And then he just cracks and it's like... Which is like, in all fairness, Mm -hmm. Thomas really did kind of get what was coming by really over-pushing him. Yeah. Because there's a lot where I was like, okay, you're really just being a dick and you're really trying to see what what would happen. Exactly. So, it's like, and, you know, that's something that, like, there's nothing worse than somebody trying to take notes in front of you because they're trying to specifically be an ass about something. Right. Because it's just like, why? Why? Exactly. You know, and that that's the that that's the question for you guys. Why? Yeah. Just why? Um. But yeah, he basically. I believe the ending when Winslow falls out because he basically he gets eaten by forced, all the other skulls. Well, not even that. It's just he gets forced back. 
Mm-hmm. He, like, levitates and gets forced back down the... He, he doesn't, no. He sees it and is overwhelmed by it and trips. Oh, that's right. Cause the, I don't know. I thought Robert Akers said something about him getting forced back by the light. Not that I saw, but maybe he did say that. I don't know. But it does make you kind of suspicious, too, because Thomas, through the film when he was up there, would always relock that entryway, too, though. Yeah. If he knows. And mm-hmm. I don't think that was just because of Winslow. I feel like he locked that because he knew something... Something was going to happen. If yeah. he didn't do it, like, he was going to fall. Um, the other thing, too, that made me kind of suspicious was the fact that, like... Opposed from just locking it, it was like he was overly cautious himself about it. Sure. Like, every time you go up there, it's almost like... Because you had to know that he had to have come to the lighthouse before. Right. To know that it was there. Mm-hmm. And it was like he almost knew what he was doing was absolutely wrong and there was something wrong, but he couldn't help but have that addiction. So right. it almost made you wonder, too, if he was trying to protect Winslow from that, too. And it wasn't just about, you know, being a dick. It was kind of like a... Once you go up there, it's like a... Once you know, you know. Yeah. Um... And basically, we never do get an explanation. I, I hate it, but I also love it. Because one of the things that Robert Akert says during his interview is he basically says, I don't even know what Winslow saw in that light. But exactly. what I do know is, you'll never know. And if you do, you're going to suffer the same fate as Winslow. Yeah. Which is like, is it really worth knowing one thing? To risk if, everything. To risk everything, knowing what the aftermath is. Is it right. really, is that information worth that much? To some people it is. Honestly, this reminded me of that Skyrim Dragonborn DLC when you go to that hellscape in the book with that big uh, tentacle, black tentacle demon thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. And every time you try to do something in Skyrim and make that really weird noise and the whole earth would shake. Yes. If you weren't on that island and it was like, the first time I saw that, I, like, I got goosebumps and my blood ran cold. And I was like, um, um, what's happening? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I think on a final note, I mean, I'm sorry. Again, we're sorry we didn't do a beat for beat, but hopefully that kind of gives you an idea. Of this movie. And just, I know we kind of talked about the behind the scenes and the psychology of it. And I think that's the most core element is that Robert Eager yeah. really knows how to deliver uh, a psychological thriller. He really mm-hmm. does. He knows how to balance it. I'm very excited to see The Northman, I think is his next movie. Yeah, um, which he said is less thriller and more just politics. Like, yeah, oh. it's supposed to be a drama rather than a thriller or horror, so that's going to be really interesting to see how he's going to take his basically uh, junior year film and junior outing and yeah make it. So um, Yeah, good for him and good luck. Yeah, and the other great thing about this movie is... Uh, if you ever want to see Robert Pattinson say something really weird, there is one dinner scene. Oh God! Where he says, cause he's, "Yes, I have to." All right. If I had a steak right now, I'd fuck it. I'd fuck it. Which is like, man, I love steaks, but I don't think I'd fuck a steak. You don't mean that, do you? Tell me you love my cooking. Shit. Tell me you love it. I tell. Trying to smite thee goes into a ten-minute rant. 
Yeah, right, which is great. Have it your way. I like your cooking. <laughs> which is like hark, so, hark. There's a there's some great monologues in there. So nonchalant response. Which All right, have it your way. I like your cooking. <laughs> it, it, they're the dynamic between them being like an old married couple is absolutely it's pretty great great. too. So with that being said, that is why you guys need to watch this movie for yourselves. It's on Prime. Um. <laughs> I think yeah. it's on Amazon Prime. It should be on Amazon Prime. I know we've been forgetting to do that. Yeah, at least today we did for sure. Yeah. Sorry about that, folks. Nope. So I was going to say, you guys can't use my voodoo, unfortunately. Yeah, The Lighthouse 2019 is currently on uh, Prime for free right now. Otherwise, you guys can rent it on voodoo for two ninety nine. It's still worth the rent or YouTube and Google Play for three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. But without further ado, that was our review of The Lighthouse. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, and hopefully you guys still enjoyed it. And I hope uh, you guys have a really good rest of your day or night. And, you know, without further ado. He has been Nathaniel Shoemaker. He's been Noah Sweeto. And it's been Film Nerds. So Bye. Long, everyone.